right, Sally here. Just a quick one, just a quick one. If you like this really sweary podcast by Kalechi, sorry, Kalechi, do remember to rate and review Say Your Mind on Apple Podcasts, okay? Now for the very urban intro music. <laughs> It's the Ben's Brunani woman is baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this. Baby, sit down, sit down, receive this realness. Make sure your cup's ready for the tea, we are go sippy, yo. Hard time scrolling for your long truths. You might learn something, you never know. Collect you find, and she's one of a kind. Don't say you mind, say you mind. I'm gonna fling the straws your way. Gonna fling the straws your way. If you're rude to me, hey, best believe they're coming your way. The straws are coming your way. (laughs) Well, 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 here we are. You'll notice from the change in sound that clearly um, I'm recording in my usual, well, I say usual, but I haven't been recording in this space for a while since I've been recording with Sadiq. Sadiq's not here this week, so sorry, Sadiq's feeling unwell. So maybe it's apt that I finished this year um, solo, you know, as a way to just see us out of this year. And into the new one, not promising anything about the new year. Just, you know, I'm just here to kind of see us through that transition. And that's what I'm doing. Although I didn't particularly want to record this week. I d- it's not like I've lost the passion for podcasting. I just feel like there's so much talking, you know, like with apps like Clubhouse, more people are joining all of the time and all of that stuff. Like, I just feel like there's just so much talking and a lot of people aren't making sense. Like it's the hardest thing to listen to these conversations that people are having and going, did any of you do the required reading before you started talking on this shit? Because it's, it's horribly shit. Um, and then I'm like, it's interesting to me that people will be like, Oh, I'm not into podcasts. I'm not into podcasts. They're not really my thing. You're not into podcasts, but you'll be on Clubhouse from morning till night. That's where you, before you've brushed your teeth, you're there. You you haven't cleaned your bum. You're there. How? How? So yeah, it's just interesting, but I just thought, you know what? I'll record. I also noticed that there was no mention in the last episode even of um, Christmas because I just don't feel particularly Christmassy, really. I don't feel particularly Christmassy, particularly New Year's-y. None of that, because I just feel like life is wild and I'm just more concerned now, more focused on, you know, like what um, should I be, you know, focusing my energies on in 2021? Because we're not done with the uprisings and all of that stuff. So it's best to kind of prepare ourselves and move in a more kind of streamlined um, manner. So, yeah, that's that really. But um yeah, thank you to everyone for tuning in for another week. This is me, Kalechi, in the place to be. And this is SYM, officially known as Say Your Mind, unofficially known as What What? That's right, suck your mum. Yeah, so let's get into the tarot then. Let's not waste time. So for to finish out the year, special gift for you, man. Um, you've got pick a pile, pile one, pile two, pile three, pile one, pile two, pile three to really center yourself. And, um, the, you know, intention I set with spirit is like, 
what is the guidance you for what is the guidance for entering into 2021 but letting people choose so letting your higher self you know come forward and choose in this moment what your specific message is specific to you rather than me doing a general reading this um specific message to you as to what you are um you know the advice for you and the energy for you entering into 2021 so take a moment to you know center yourself and select either pile one pile two or pile three okay so pile one you lot have the um, Ten of Pentacles and the Wheel of Fortune. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Entering into 2021, you man are laughing. Like, you're laughing. Like, the gateway is open. Like, literally, when I'm looking at the Ten, ten of Pentacles on the Lisa Stone Modern Witch Tarot deck, you see, like, um, it's like an archway. And, you know, the coins are falling. Money fall on you, a Banana fall on you. That's if you want banana. You want my fruit, hey, hey, that banana. Time to get loose. Yeah, Jada Kingdom, big tune. Um, but yeah, blessings are just um about blessings. Another blessings, another blessings. Oi, I am blessed. I am blessed every day of my life. I am blessed. When you lot just fucking try me, I'll lay your head to rest. And that's not how the song goes. I am so sorry. I'm so sorry. Um, I should have said when I lay your soul to rest, but that's um, highly inappropriate. Highly inappropriate for such an uplifting song. Um, but I'm uplift. I'm uplifted by the downfall of my enemies. Um, that's by the by. Um, Ten of Pentacles. So we see an old woman in the foreground with her stick, and she's got two dogs in front of her, and we see a family in the background, and they just it just looks beautiful, you know. It's just the fulfillment of wishes. It's just everything coming together, you know. Wheel of Fortune. This is your time. This is your time. Like you've been out here, you've been working, you've been striving, and spirits like I see you, I see you, looking cute or whatever so spirits like i see you man i see all the effort that you've been putting in and you'll now see that all the seeds that you've been planting for so many years um you'll now be able to benefit from that you'll be able to benefit from that um in 2021 going into 2021 the wheel of fortune is very very auspicious for you like this is truly your time to shine and you're supported by the ancestors as well because i look at this old um, lady in the, in the foreground, like you're supported by the ancestors. This is your time to, to really blossom, to really bloom, to really enjoy and to have your love reflected back to you the way that you've been um, putting that love out to other people. And for some of you, it might mean like finally, you know, settling down um, and starting a family or, you know, bringing a family together if that's what you want. Um, and then the cards that you get, um, from interesting the card that you get number six from the um, spiritual seasoning for the soul oracle deck is crying is okay you are allowed to feel things and I think that this is important because I think that there needs to be a release for all of the pent-up aggression disappointment mourning grieving that you haven't done because you've been focused on working so so hard um she works hard for the money 
Woo, woo, woo. So hard for the money. Yeah, yeah. She works hard for the money and Trump is a pussy clot. Um, you've worked so hard and um, I guess to be able to work that hard, you had to kind of switch off aspects of yourself, switch off certain emotions or repress certain emotions just to get through everything. Or maybe even if you work in a um, counseling capacity, maybe you're a therapist, maybe you're a social worker, maybe you're a teacher. Um, it feels like somebody that's really, or, or a doctor, nurse, midwife, I don't know, but you're in service to other people. And so you take on, you absorb other people's kind of like energy, other people's traumas. And it feels like it's part and parcel of your job, but it just means that you haven't had anywhere to release. Uh, release me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so many songs, but um, you haven't had a way to release and you need to release um and you, so you could use this next, these next few days or whenever you listen to this doesn't really matter because every day is a new year. So even if you start listening to this podcast, I don't know, next year or something, either way, you're at a stage in your life where there is a renewal, there is something that's happening, but for you to be able to walk through, step through that portal, you're going to have to release all of the emotions that are weighing you down, that you haven't had a chance to really feel like feel them and let them move through you because you're you're ready for your next stage and it's looking really really bright for you the future's bright the future's orange um yeah so be prepared for that basically and that's pile one pile two you got ace of wands you got four of wands you got nine of pentacles man and you got um i'll get to that one what you got next um so ace of wands four of wands in reverse and a nine of pentacles interesting you're ready to take action i feel like you're ready to take action because you're tired of the fuck shit like you've realized that hey hey look at me listen to me look at me i am the captain now you realize that you're the captain now because you've been trying to let other people take charge. You've really been trying to come from this energy of like, oh, you know, this is a partnership. This is a collaboration. Like we're building together, but you're realizing that other people aren't coming with the energy. Other people aren't coming with the vim that you're coming with. And so it's important for you now to be like, no, 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 no. Now I'm in charge. Yeah. Now I'm calling the shots because when I'm trying to bring all of you man in, you're fucking up the base. You're fucking up the base. So it's time for me to step into my power and be like, nah, this is how everything is going to run. And, you know, because you're doing that, that's why you've got the nine of pentacles energy, because you're now tending to your garden. You're ready to be accountable and to take responsibility for the things that are happening. You're ready to take um, responsibility and accountability for the blessings, um, that are around you now. So you might be somebody that has started to accumulate wealth and things like that, or you've managed to kind of start, uh, to start carving out a space in the world for yourself. And so you're realizing that if I keep trying to do this whole thing of, Oh, could you let me know your opinion? Could you let me stop the fake humble shit? Stop the fake modest shit. You're a bad bitch. Yeah. And that's gender neutral. You're a baddie. You're a rascal, G. You're a five-star fucking general. Yeah. You're not out here. You weren't put on this earth to be taking orders from other people. And as much as people say, oh, you know, a true leader, you know, brings everybody in, you know, and I care about everybody's opinion. Sometimes let the people them shut up. Meshonu, close your mouth. Like move your mouth. 
Because as all the time that you're spending trying to make sure you appear so fair and so balanced to everybody, guess who you're not being fair and balanced to? Yes, you guessed it. Ding, 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 yourself. You're not being fair to yourself because you're so caught up on appearances and how you feel that, you know, you you want to, you know, it gives me very much Libra energy, like, oh, because, you know, I'm looking at the four of ones as well, two ones on each side. So you're just very much trying to give out this energy, like, oh, I, you, you look, if you know the path, yeah, imagine just this image that flashed in my mind. So you have, you know, the path, you have the map, you have a better understanding of the map than anybody else that's around you yet for the sake of not wanting to look bossy and, and follow the path and just go and, and follow that North star or whatever, like you're out here going, Oh, um, so what's everybody else's opinion? What do you think it means here where it says turn right? You're asking people only for them to go, Oh, I think it means we should turn left. (laughs) And then you're looking mad because you're wasting a lot of time. At the end of the day, you're still going to have to tell them that you need to turn right. So why don't you just tell everyone from the get, we're going to turn right. And that's how it's going to be. Because when we get to where we're going, when we get to the promised land, no, honestly, when we get to where we're going, you man are going to thank me. And when we get there safely, because I'm not letting us take very, very risky routes, risky. Yes, your buddy risky. Yeah. If you're not letting them take um, risky routes, People will have to be grateful in the long run. And anybody that doesn't want to follow and they want to do their own thing, let them take their own path. They might end up meeting you at the same destination, maybe, unlikely. But even if they do, they're going to come with cuts and grazes along the way. And maybe that was their journey to take. But that's not your journey. You don't need to go and and be be, uh, scraping up your knee and scraping up your head top. Let people do what they need to do and you focus, but stop with the fake humble shit because it's not serving anybody. And let stand in your power and let people know, like, I am the captain now and this is going to run my way because I know what I have been divinely promised. And because I know that I've been divinely promised certain things, that means I can move with a certain confidence knowing that I've got a battalion next to me, around me that will not let me fail. But while I'm wasting time, they're ready to charge. They're ready to do the thing. And I'm asking you, I'm, I'm all of you that, especially some of you lot that want to do, oh, I'm submissive. or I'm just a, you know, they says wife submit to your husband's fam. If your husband doesn't know where he's going, what are you submitting to? What are you, uh, what are you submitting to? Don't resubmit that form on the internet. Like it keeps saying, like, do you want to resubmit the form? Don't resubmit the form. Press cancel. Step into your power. A real G, a true, true partner will understand and will be able to accept when you should assume a leadership role. I think that it's one of those things that should oscillate. It should undulate you know, um, between uh, people, you know, depending on what your relationship setup is, but it should definitely move between people. Like you're not going to know all of the things, but the things that you do know, you have to speak. You have to use your outside voice. You have to start speaking with your chest because otherwise you're spending longer in situations than you need to, um, because of the fake humble stuff. And, oh, look at the card that you got here from the spiritual seasoning for the soul deck. It's number 29. Being who you truly are is enough reason to be loved. Exactly. So trying to do, oh, oh, meek and mild is me. That's not you. That's not you. It's like you're trying to be a kitty cat when you're a rascal lion. Fucking raw, raw. And anyone who can stand there solid when you roar, those are the people that need to roll with you. Anyone that scuttles away, they weren't part of your team anyway. 
you know so so um own that power own it oh girl you just own it oh because your body's on fire why yeah so own that power man own that power pile three pile three. Ooh, interesting two of cups and three of wands nice so two of cups three of wands for uh, sorry three of wands in reverse for pile three now that she's gone you want to come back is that a fact you got it like that bitch you made me wait too long i'm gone that felt like a message for somebody (laughs) um two of cups three of wands in reverse you're over it you're just like you're just over it it's not even a case of um wanting to look elsewhere um you're just over certain dynamics i'm reading this two ways but you're just over certain dynamics where you've um like tolerated things for so so long and now you're just like i'm done it's not even the case you know like sometimes people are done but they are needing something else to move on to you're not even looking at something else to move on to because you know that you can stand firm in your beliefs stand firm in England but you know that you can stand firm in your beliefs that you know that you now realize that you are whole you now realize that you are all you need and that when you are ready to venture out and and try new experiences you're not doing it from a place of looking for something to complete you because you understand that you are already complete. You're not coming from a place of desperation. You're not coming from a place of wanting to be needed or needing to, they need to be needed. Mm-hmm. An opportunity to further situations. Why that's so important is without explanation. Yes. Please don't justify me, Mr. Intentional. Be intentional. Be intentional. I probably mixed two songs. If that's Adam Lives in Theory. Adam Lives in Theory, trying to turn stone into bread, masquerading like he's got it figured out. That's um, a word to you. You're done with like, all of it and it's kind of similar to pile two you're done with the pretense of everything um because you were pretending before like you were whole like you you know all of the lyrics you know all of the words you know all of the things to say all of the quotes to share on social media about being whole and loving yourself and hashtag self-care meanwhile meanwhile you're not actually you weren't actually practicing that there was a part of you that felt like there was a massive vortex there was a massive void maybe you're someone that people would usually look to for advice like you're here dishing out advice to everybody but you had this space within you that you were like oh what's gonna feel this oh you know um and you were going into relationships thinking that somebody else could feel it when actually they're just vast they're like black holes themselves just vast you know um taking any light and you've got so much light so now understanding that um reciprocity um is important 
you can't keep give, give, giving, hoping that you'll give so much and then other people will pour back into you. You're now realizing that no, everything has to be, there has to be um, a movement of energy that feels um, equal and balanced. And that's not what you were getting. And there's so much water around that tells me that it is about emotional fulfillment, but it's beautiful that you are not now looking for somebody to fill that space because you understand that you fill that space. And yes, everyone wants to be desired. Everybody wants to be loved, but that will never hit. Like it will not hit. Like love hits different when you already have um, a metric by which to measure that love by. If all you're doing is coming from a place of starvation and, and, and wanting the love, you're likely like, if you're mad hungry, right. And it's going to take, for instance, um, a little while longer for really nice food to be made. And so you're going to settle for, um, maybe a different type of food. I don't want to use the word necessarily junk food or whatever, but you're going to settle for a different type of food that's, um, quick, um, quicker to make, but is not as nutritionally dense right? So you're not going to, you might feel like you feel full, but it's not doing anything health-wise to help you. Don't get me wrong. Sometimes you want to eat things that aren't very nutritionally dense because you want to eat it. But if that's all you're eating, if that's all you're surviving on, you can't be pissed when you're fatigued, when everything, your 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 arteries are screaming and shouting. Like you can't be pissed when that happens because you, you never want to wait long enough for the food that's nutritionally fortified for you. Right. And so this is saying that you've reached the stage now where you're like, fuck this shit. I don't want to be eating this shit anymore. Like, oh, I don't, I want to eat less of it. Let's start there. You want to eat less of it. And, um, for that reason, you're like, okay, um, I'm going to look for the things that have more nutritional value. They might not be as snazzy, you know, but I know that they'll keep me sustained and nourished and fulfilled and ultimately make me stronger. Um, so that understanding of, where you're coming from, it just changes the whole dynamic in your life, I think. Um, and then the card that you got from the spiritual seasoning for the soul deck is loved ones who have passed on want you to know that you're doing great, sweetie. And I think that that's, um, honestly, that's a big two slaps on your chest because you've made this, you've had this realization because you've understood now that now I'm over this shit. I'm not, I'm not settling for, um, um, you know, skinny love, you know, I want the full fat love. You've realized that your ancestors are proud of you because you're healing something energetically for everybody in your lineage, for those who came before you and those who come after you. You're healing something for them by realizing that you are deserving of a whole love um, and that that love sits primarily inside of you. Um, and they're proud of you, man. So big up yourself, pile three. So, um, yeah, that's the tarot reading for this, uh, week. I pray that it resonates with you all going into 2021. And I just wanted to say like, I honestly love you lot, man. Not the ones that necessarily overstep their boundaries and message me endlessly knowing that I've got like so many things that I do in my life or trying to, um, send me very, um, intrusive, um, uh, very over familiar messages, not those ones, but generally I'm like, I'm literally speaking probably about, I don't know, like three people, generally everybody else, you're fucking amazing. And, um, I appreciate you and thank you for riding with the podcast for this long, for make helping me to see another year through, um, for all my patrons. I honestly, like you lot are the fucking MVPs out here. Like I can't thank you enough for just, just being there, you know, 
I, I post here, I post there and, and you appreciate it and you love it. And I'm, and I'm grateful for all of your lives. Like fam, so many people did not make it um, to see 2021 yet you are out here doing the things that you're doing, no matter how hard it has been for you. Like you've got to big up yourself because your heart like insisted on continuing anyway. So no matter what you have to say about your body, I know like some people are like, oh, my lockdown body and my quarantine body. Fuck that. Like your body kept your heart, um, kept you alive. Your heart kept beating no matter because you cared for me, my heart still beats. Yes, your heart kept beating no matter all of the fuck shit that was happening. And for that, you should be incredibly proud and thank your heart. Wherever you are right now, just place one hand on your heart and just say, thanks, man. Thanks, my G. And just thank you. Thank your body because your body is doing so much. Your mind is doing, but your body continues, continues just to keep you going. So thank yourself. Thank your heart. If you've gone through heartbreak this year, whether it's maybe the loss of a loved one, or maybe a relationship ended or just did various things happened and you felt like your heart was breaking. You didn't see how you were going to make it through. You're still here listening to this. All of that, that's been happening, um, that happened, that you thought, rah, I don't know how I'm meant to do this. Yet somehow you're, I'm in your ears right now. Uh, that's me licking your earlobe. Sorry. <laughs> but no, you, you made it. And I think that that's wonderful. Um, and I'm proud of you and I thank you for supporting me. Um, so that's that for the tarot. Then let's get into share your magnificence. I think I got a letter. We just got a letter. Hey, we just got a letter. Um, here we go. Let's see this letter here. Dear Kalechi, 2020 has been full of bitterness, but that does not mean it is without merit. You, oh wow, you are my share, your magnificence for 2020 for the obvious reason that your endless toil, intentional expressiveness and refusal to remain quiet will have an influence that extends over many lifetimes and dimensions. Thank you. That's usually my prayer. Thank you for that. Um, Hope you walk around with the constant applause of your ancestors ringing in your head. Anyhow, watching your video about not being a grateful black woman is what I've taken to be my mood for 2021. And it inspired me to write this. The doors that feel firmly closed will no longer feel my pressure attempting to push them. The unwelcoming spaces will no longer have my presence to let prospective antagonism fester. Those crumbs awaiting my eager fingers and tongue will remain where they belong, collecting dust. I do not want your unpalatable stale crumbs. In my own kitchen, I will be sourcing the finest flowers, distinctive yeasts, butters and spices, allowing sufficient leavening time. Out of this, I will create the richest, most delicious, generous, buttery sweet bread ever. You will be salivating, eager to give this delightful curiosity a try. It's fragrance so tempting and unique. The crust and crumb so le uh, just so leading to a structured yet soft, sweet, buttery center. The ideal loaf. But then you realize who cultivated this loaf. You will say, hmm, I did not realize the great depths complexity and sweetness i want to try this loaf to which i will reply apologies 
But this loaf is not for you. It is mine to share with whomever I please and I deem you to be unworthy. Return to your own kitchen that you were so eager to keep me out of. The time to sample has passed. Don't let the door smack you on your way out. Thank you for that. I think that that's absolutely beautiful. That is such a beautiful... Ah, yes. P.S. Sadiq is the sweetest. Your interactions warm my heart. Many thanks, AA. Thank you, AA. Aye, aye. Well, thank you for that. Two slaps on your chest for a wonderful piece, for a beautiful piece. I miss reading you lots of poetry out on the podcast. We used to get quite a bit of them. So I, I really enjoyed that. Thank you so much for sending that through. Um... I truly, truly love it. And that's it. Like 2021, I'm not a grateful black woman in it. I'm not grateful for any fuck shit. If you're not giving me what I deem that I'm worth, I'm not doing it. Because single-handedly, man's been out here in it. Man's been out here getting the numbers that your faves could not get. They've got their millions of followers. They've got their over 200K, this and that and that. And you're not hitting my numbers. Why? Because I'm showing up in this world as who I am showing up as me and, and, and learning what that means to be me. Um, I just want to be me, but no, honestly, um, I appreciate it. I appreciate it very much. So the next, um, share your magnificence, I guess, no, you know what? The next show, Magnificence, I was just going to tell you about some of the films that I've watched that I've, I was meant to have like talked about them on the podcast before, but I probably didn't get around to them. Um, so I've watched I'm Your Woman. That's really good. Arinze Kenne is in that one. And I love a bit of action, a bit of thriller. I just, I just love the whole premise of it. It's really, it's really cute. Um, I'm Your Woman. And I think it's uh, directed. Yes, yeah, directed by a woman as well. Um, yeah, it's cute. Very, very cute film. I'm your woman. Um, it was, it came out on Amazon video. I think it was on the 11th of December. So if you haven't checked it out, um, please feel free to, it's, it's truly enjoyable. Um, I won't spoil it for you. I think you have to like watch it by yourself or watch it for yourself. It's directed, as I said, by Julia Hart and Julia Hart, and it's written by Julia Hart and Jordan Horowitz. Um, but yeah, no, you've got, I, I really enjoyed it. It was a really good film. It was a fun film to watch. So I liked I'm Your Woman. Um, and then the next one that I watched was Sylvie's Love with Tessa Thompson and Namdi Asomua, who Namdi's um, Kerry Washington's husband, FYI. He used to be in the NFL. But um, yeah, really, really cute film again really, really lovely. I loved, you know, the jazz age that is set in. It's nice to see protagonists that are black within that age and to have a story that, like, obviously you know that they're black, but that is not like every five minutes they're reminding you of they're black, you know, like it's part of the narrative. It's woven into the narrative, whether you like it or not, but it's just the, the stories, um, the story just seems to kind of uh hover or just exist somewhere that's not separate to the blackness it's interwoven into the blackness i can't quite describe it i just find it really it's just really nice to be able to watch something where you're like yep cool black cool got it in this time got it like so there's going to be the racial um tension and the racial divide got it got it got it cool and okay now give me the love story so that's the best way to describe it and how the love love story it matters that it's a black woman that's kind of calling the shots um 
whether you know we agree with her shots initially and whatever else or the journey that they go on it's yeah it's just a truly really really pretty film so check out Sylvie's Love I think that's on Amazon Prime as well so you can check that out I watched all of the episodes of The Wilds um that TV series I love that it was like focused on um, young women or girls like I really enjoyed that and I used to like heroes I never got into Lost but it has Lost vibes but um yeah I just love that sort of kind of um that kind of drama where it's like I don't want to spoil it for you but it's just mad it's just mad it's mad and I yeah I I I really really enjoyed the wilds and I'm looking forward to season two um especially since season two it seems like the dynamic is going to change in a very interesting way from what I saw in the last scene of season one and um what else did I watch in terms of series Bridgerton I'm watching Bridgerton now on um Netflix that is oh a period uh you know a period like love sort of drama thing series focused that has black people in it inject it inject it right in my fucking veins inject it i love that the queen is a black woman as well i mean the story is very kind of loose in terms of how did these black people end up in um, aristocracy but it's very very cute um yeah it's just yeah it's interesting they kind of allude to it and then kind of move on from it i just think it's a nice balance where they're not forcing it where it's just like oh all of the black people in all of the positions it's just like a nice mix um and the duke being black as well very interesting and it's great to see like actors or uh, the um i've forgotten her name the actress uh, that plays um the duke's aunt who um um she plays lady danbury i think it's the name raw like she grew up in peckham and she's just there and she's been acting for years i actually have to find her name because it will annoy me not to actually mention it um on the podcast but um yeah i just love everything that she was giving she really embodied um everything about that role and um yeah, it was just beautiful to watch. I love that the Queen's wigs are always like they've got an Afro element in one way or another. So that's really nice to see. Oh, that's it. Ajoa Ando. That's her name. Lady Danbury. She plays Ajoa Ando. She's wonderful, wonderful actress. I've seen her in a few things. I think I've watched her on stage as well as obviously watched her in um, different TV series as well. And obviously you lot know that I watched Lovecraft Country as well. That was incredible. I love that so much. Um, One Night in Miami. That's another film that I've watched um, featuring Regina King. Well, not featuring Regina King. Regina King is the director of One Night in Miami, which is fictional and just kind of focuses on um, one night where um, Muhammad Ali... Uh, Jimmy Brown, I think his name is, and um, Sam Cooke and Malcolm X all meet on one night and have this kind of like discussion about what blackness uh, is at that time and how they're using their blackness and how they're speaking out against racism and what they are individually doing and stuff. And basically like this meeting being what's pivotal for all of them in what they go on to do in their lives and their careers. Uh, Just Regina King. I don't, I can't sing her praises enough. The woman's fucking amazing. I'm watching Watchmen at the moment and I love sister night. Oh my God. So yeah, I'm loving Watchmen and I love you, Regina King. I hope you know that. Um, Last, but definitely not least I've been watching. I, I, sorry, I watched a film by Pixar um called is it disney pixar called soul soul 
is so beautiful. It's an animated film. It is so gorgeous. If we're talking about an um, animation that like, em- like encapsulates everything that I wonder and I think about regarding our existence, our identity, our souls. Woo. I don't, I don't know if it's a children's film though, because, but then I just think that why isn't it a children's film? Like the message that it holds, if I knew that from when I was younger, if I had access to that when I was younger, maybe I would have gotten to this point that I'm at sooner. So it's, it's gorgeous. It's funny as well. Ah, it's beautiful. It's, absolutely beautiful i mean there are there are some criticisms about the fact that whenever a black person is the lead in any of these animations they spend most of their time not being in human form so we had that with um what was that princess that was um princess tiana when she spent most of the film as a frog you know and then we you know with this film we see the protagonist mainly as um like a, a ghost or like a could you call him a ghost yeah it feels very much like that so people are like well mm, i don't really i don't really like this like why is joe the black man in it why is he the most of the time a soul but then we say that but then a lot of the characters even when he is um in soul form a lot of the characters you still see black people and most of the other characters when they're in the underworld are you know in this like not in a physical form either anyway but it's it's beautiful soul is my favorite so far that soul is my absolute favorite so far in fact i think that i can imagine or i can see myself like snuggling into bed um chilling maybe lev's next to me maybe lev is like tearing the flat apart but just watching that ah it's gorgeous so yeah soul has to be i think probably my favorite for this year um so I just thought, yeah, I'd share all of those bits with you. So two slaps on everybody's chest for making all of those wonderful films and series that I've been watching recently. So anyway, let me do the um, advert now for Harry's who are sponsoring this episode. Um, yeah, I I truly, truly appreciate it. Um, it's an interesting time. It's an interesting time lots of adverts, lots of things to do. And, you know, we thank God, but let me stop rambling. Anyway, Harry's. So, um, Jeff and Andy, uh, two ordinary guys who were fed up with overpriced razors started Harry's to, to fix shaving. Harry's knew there was only one way to ensure quality. So they bought their own factory by taking less profit. Harry's offers great quality products for a fair price. Their amazing quality blades are almost half the price of the leading five blade brand. And the Harry's trial set includes everything you need for a close, comfortable shave. Weighted ergonomic handle, five precision engineered blades with lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel and a travel blade cover so get started with your shaving if you want to shave um with harry's today by claiming your trial set for three pounds 95 pence so support say your mind and get your trial set delivered to you including a razor handle five blade cartridge foaming shave gel and travel blade cover by going to harrys.com that's h-a-r-r-y-s.com forward slash straws harrys.com forward slash straws right now and um yeah go and enjoy shaving yourself shaving your body shaving your body 
Okay, cool. Anyway, let's get to So You Mad. So for So You Mad this week, I wanted to start off by talking about Timnit Gebru, or is it Timnit Gebru? Timnit Gebru, I think her name is. Um, So it says here, Timnit Gebru, a highly influential artificial intelligence computer scientist, is at the center of a race route, I fucking hate that term, uh, that has engulfed Google's AI research workforce and raised passions beyond. She says she was fired by Google after it took issue with an academic paper she had co-authored. And Dr. Gebru and her supporters believe institutional racism played a role in her departure. The paper focused on issues related to AI, artificial intelligence, language models, including structural bias against women and people belonging to ethnic minorities. Google says the paper omitted relevant research on the topic and Dr. Gebru resigned. So... Um, an open letter demanding to know why the paper was rejected has been signed by more than 6,000 people, including prominent researchers at Google and its DeepMind division, as well as Microsoft, Apple, Facebook, Amazon and Netflix, amongst, um, among others. Google chief executive Sundar Pichai wrote um, a memo which said, we need to accept responsibility for the fact that a prominent black female leader with immense talent left Google unhappily. It is incredibly important to me that our black wi- black women and underrepresented Google uh, Googlers know that we value you and you do belong at Google. He added the company would investigate its handling of the matter, but stopped short of apologizing for Dr. Gebru's departure. Dr. Gebru is far from satisfied with that response and um basically she's done interviews to give more clarity to what she thinks has taken place so she's asked here what have the past couple of weeks been like for you on a personal level she says they've been exhausting it's not fun to be in the spotlight like this i feel like i've been thrown into a storm then she's asked what was the paper about She said, I did not expect it to be such a wave making paper or anything like that. The paper was about the ethical considerations of development research and development of large language models, one of which was bias. Um, They go on to ask her, Google says the paper didn't contain some of the latest research on the subject. uh, Dr. Gebru says, first of all, that's not true. Secondly, imagine if it was true. Are you really going to justify terminating someone the way they terminated me because the paper didn't contain a literature review? But it's absolutely not true. Um, They ask her, do you think Google would have treated you differently if you were a white man? She says, I have definitely been treated differently. In all the cases I've seen in the past, they, Google, try so hard to not make it a headline. They try so hard to make it smooth. When it's some other person who is toxic, there are always these conversations about, oh, but you know, they're so valuable to the company. They're a genius. They're just socially awkward, etc. My entire team is completely behind me and they're taking risks. They're actually, uh, they're taking actual risks to stand behind me. My manager is standing behind me. And even still, they decide to treat me this way. So definitely I feel like I've been treated differently. Um, Then they say, I suppose if you think that the next obvious question is, do you think Google itself is institutionally racist? Dr. Gebru says, yes, Google itself is institutionally racist. Then the motherfucker that's asking her question says, that's quite a thing to say. You were a Google employee until a short while ago. Dr. Gebru says, I feel like most, if not all tech companies are institutionally racist. I mean, how can I not say that they are not institutionally racist? Um, The Congressional Black 
um, caucus is the one who's forcing them to publish their diversity numbers. It's not by accident that black women have one of the lowest retention rates in the technology industry. So for sure, Google and all of the other tech companies are institutionally racist. Um, then they say to her, Google says it cares about diversity. Do you agree? Uh, she says, I don't agree that Google cares about diversity. What they need to do is be comfortable with these kinds of uncomfortable discussions. Don't silence people. Don't retaliate against them. What um, what they're doing is saying, OK, we're going to have some random committee or we're going to invest a certain number of um, millions of dollars into something. But when it comes to someone challenging the status quo um, in the slightest way possible, you see um, you see what's just happened. So I think that it's very difficult for me to believe that they care about diversity um, then they say to her, Sundar Pichai, Pichai has uh, apologized for the, uh, for the for the circumstances around your departure, but not for the departure itself. How do you feel about that? Dr. Gebru says he didn't even apologize for the company's handling of it. He said this was um, this has so doubts among some um, in our community that they feel like they might be um, they might not belong. And for that, he's sorry. So it doesn't say I'm sorry for the way we handled this. We, we were wrong. I'm sorry for what we did to her. Nothing. I don't consider it an apology whatsoever. I consider it a statement that was being made to make them look better. And then the important question that I care about. How do you see AI going forward? Do you worry about racial discrimination in AI. Dr. Gebru says, definitely. And a lot of people have said that they think the next frontier for discrimination is in this um, kind of technological realm in AI. And so because of that, I worry very much about it. And I and many, especially black women, have been writing about this and even teaching classes about this. Unless there is some sort of shift of power where people who are most affected by these technologies are allowed to shape them as well and be able to imagine what these technologies should look like from the ground up and build them according to that, unless we move towards that kind of future, I'm really worried about these, that these tools are going to be used for more harm than and good um and i and i and i appreciate that you know and i think that that's definitely you we've been talking about it for ages how all of this tech world is just racist at its very very core and i remember telling a story a little while ago um about being asked to do something and they were like oh it's a pole studio oh no she looks too sexual she looks too sexual so it's interesting that now this is coming out as well i just think it's very very interesting the links there but um yeah i think that a lot of the tech companies are institutionally racist because let's let's wheel it back let's wheel it back selector yeah a lot of these companies, these tech companies are started by these white dude bros. Yeah. Where do the dude bros get their money from? A lot of them get their money from parents who have been in, had money for centuries, right? Where do they get money from? Probably slavery, probably some kind of oppression or colonialism. So the money probably came from there. And those ones who probably didn't have that kind of money, are, but are just white um, and they do all of the venture capital stuff and they try to, you know, get people to um, invest in them. People are more likely to invest in white guys, no matter how many times they flop and fuck up the fuck up the base. Like people will still go, oh, you know what? Give them another chance because there is a there is a belief that we have in white men in this society I'm talking about as the collective because I don't generally have a belief in white men. <laughs> she says, partnered with one. But no, I, I think that in the grand scheme of things, 
the belief that people keep putting in useless, mediocre white men is why you've got Trump, is why you've got Boris, is why you've just got all of these weight, is why you've got Emmanuel Ma- Macaroni and Cheese. Like, just useless people, useless men, useless. I'm not, Obviously, you know I'm not going to come for Putin because he's about it. If I've ever seen an energy that's like mine, in terms of who, you know, chat shit, get banged, he's about it. But, you know, we can also add him in there too. But... Just like these mediocre men, like they can fuck up as many times as they want to. Like Boris is fully out here telling you, like, oh, I secured a Brexit deal. What did he secure? Have you read it? What did he secure? Fuck all. Fuck all. Like after you've done your Christmas celebrations, you're going to have to really sit down and deep the fact that this guy has fucked over the entire country. Where do we go from here? But people don't want to focus on that because it's like, well, if I don't put my faith into into these white men, where does my faith go? Your faith goes in you. Your faith goes in you because these lot are useless. Your faith goes into your community because you can't keep expecting these stupid governmental systems to benefit us. So that's me going off on a tangent, but basically saying when you trace back where a lot of these um, um, uh, people are being funded from in terms of tech, they're funded by oppression. So clearly something that is seed is oppressive. You're telling me that the fruits of it, that it bears will also not be oppressive. Come on. You're having a fucking laugh, mate. You're having a laugh. Of course, everything is poisoned from the soil up. Everything is poisoned you know? And so I think that Dr. Uh, Dr. Gebru has some great points here. And, you know, I know that Natalie um, has been saying it for a while as well. If you don't follow her, Natalie's online. Um, Natalie's been saying it as well, like tech, if there aren't more guidelines and regulations around the way that a lot of these tech people are moving, especially how some of them are going into biotech as well. And all of these things, we're going to see that before we've opened our eyes, pim, 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 we are in a different level of oppression because you're arguing about voting now and president this president that once these um tech giants really pick up speed like where do you think jeff bezos is going to go next with all of the things that he's managed to accumulate do you think he's just going to chill and just stay there in tech no i feel like probably he's going to come for some kind of position and he's got the money his money's long to see himself all the way through it so i would just throw that out there and you know what i'm like with my predictions but it's just being aware that the next stage of governance if we're not careful is going to come from these tech people who are institutionally racist and because of the um, advancement of technology, it'll be much harder for us to speak out against them because they'll control all the platforms that we could possibly speak out against them on. So it's, yeah, being just very, very aware of these things is what I would say. But um, I just wanted to share that with you because I thought that that was a really interesting, um, you know, um, state of affairs and how everything is... um, how everything is playing out in the world of tech so i thought that it would be good for us to uh be aware of that um and then my next so you mad i guess is all of this stuff that i was no no i've got to i've got to read this one i've got to oh 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 let me start here because i was going to go to itchy um itchy azelia itchy ass crack but um i'll go to her shortly 
So this one, the family of an American college student is appealing to the US government for help as she faces a four month prison sentence after pleading guilty to breaking the Cayman Islands mandatory 14 day COVID-19 isolation protocols for visitors. Now, I was going to talk about this and then they talked about it on the read, my fave anyway, but I'm still touching down um, anyway. So it goes, uh, the family of an American student is appealing to the US government for help as she faces a four month prison sentence after pleading guilty to breaking the Cayman Islands mandatory 14-day COVID-19 isolation protocols for visitors. Her name is Skylar Mack, very, very white girl name. You can imagine what she looks like. Very white, very blonde, 18 years old. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. She does not look 18. Um, Far from it. It goes on to say, um, her parents say, oh, she just wants to come home. Okay. Oh, that was her grandmother that said that. She knows she's made a mistake and she owns up to that, but she's pretty hysterical right now. Skylar is a pre-med student from Georgia. Skylar is a pre-med student from Georgia. I'll repeat that again. Skylar is a pre-med student from Georgia. She traveled to visit her boyfriend, Vanjay Ramgeet, 24, who was in the Cayman Islands for a jet skiing competition. Mac did not isolate for the mandatory 14 days. Instead, Mac said she isolated for two days and then tested negative twice for coronavirus before abandoning her her tracking device and leaving isolation to attend her boyfriend's jet skiing competition. Mac was sentenced to prison last week. Um, Jonathan Hughes, the attorney representing Mac and her boyfriend, said four months in prison and upgraded sentence from community service would have um, um, would have a particularly harsh effect on her. Her family said they appealed directly to President Donald Trump, whose office wrote back at her case would be forwarded to the appropriate federal agency, likely the U.S. State Department. Um, I'm sure that there's probably an update on that now because I'd saved that from like last week. But I just think it's interesting, the audacity of whiteness and the audacity of white blonde girls. You fucking idiot. You're a pre-med student. They told you to stay in isolation and you went, well, no, no, that doesn't apply to me because I want to see my boyfriend jet skiing. This is how diseases spread. In fact, would you even have had, would you even have America? Right. Would you even have America if it wasn't for the fact that you took diseases there? That was bio. That was um, biochemical warfare. As far as I'm concerned, going there with your nasty, nasty diseases and your unwashed legs and your unseasoned throats only to go and cause genocide and and kill the indigenous people of those lands. And so why would you stop? You know, if that's a habit that's in your blood, why would you stop? Of course, you'd be like, oh, I'm going to go to the Cayman Islands. I'm going to go and watch a jet ski uh, competition and I'll do what I like. I stayed in for two days, tested negative twice. I can do what I want. No, you can't. No, you can't. And I hope that, um, oh, here we go. So I'm just getting the update here. It says here, Skylar, um, the sentence for student Skylar Mack um, 18 has been slashed in half after she was jailed in Cayman Islands for breaching COVID rules. Um, it goes on to say that, um, let me see. Luckily, their lawyer argued that the four month sentence was too harsh for the uh, two youths and instead said the two ask the people of the tourist destination for forgiveness. Whilst it was our hope that Skylar would be able to return home to resume her studies in January, we accept the decision of the court and look forward to receiving its written reasons in due course. Um, So, um, yeah, just checking. 
Yeah, it seems like that's it. Ha ha. Ha ha. Ha ha. <laughs> You're lucky that I'm not the one running the Cayman Islands. I gave you four months and you're crying. I gave you four months and you're hysterical, though that's a very gendered, very, you know, misogynistic term. But you're crying because you got four months. And this is the thing. How, look at how the judicial system works so differently for white people, specifically white women. So you moved mad and it's just like, oh, she wouldn't survive in jail. No, let's not do it to her. It's too harsh. No, because you didn't take it seriously. And from this day forth, maybe you will learn that you can't be doing anything just as you like, Skylar. You can't just be doing whatever the fuck you like. You're lucky it's two months because me, if people had come to tell me about, oh, we think four months is too harsh, I'd be like, slap another two on it. Have six, you bitch. What nonsense. What nonsense. By fire and by force, all of you are going to get yourselves in line. You're going to behave like people who have sense. What the fuck? Good. Good. You can appeal to Donald Trump as much as you like. That motherfucker's busy worrying about why Melania is not on the front cover of a, of a magazine. And we're going to talk about that shortly. But, you know, t- Donald Trump ain't got time for you. He's trying to execute as many black people who are on death row before he leaves office. You know, he's seeking bloodlust, that stupid motherfucker. He ain't got time for you. Two months and you're crying. Little complex. Silly little girl. Silly. Four months. You're lucky it's four months. Useless. Nonsensical. Bombastical. Anyway, Sha. So, um, so I, yeah, I saw that. I thought that that was really interesting. I was going to talk about um, Iggy Azalea, but I think that she deleted her tweets um, about the her baby, the father of her baby, not coming to spend Christmas with them because he wanted to play PlayStation with... Um, Lil Uzi um and that he then she noticed that in a in a picture that he took uh, around Christmas time he's there someone in the background is one of the girls that he cheated on her with um who hid in a closet when she you know found out or whatever came home and discovered her I don't know or the maid discovered her or something hiding in a closet um so she's very pissed off, as you can imagine. Iggy's very, very pissed off. And she's saying, no, you know, this stuff is trifling. I love that somebody said to her, um, maybe you want to say crikey, crikey, because trifling, stop with the black scent, stop with the black scent. I don't think anybody at all deserves to be in a situation where they're being so disrespected by um, the person that they um, have had a child with, by anybody really, but being disrespected by the person that they've had a child with and just the general disregard. And, you know, her saying that, you know, they planned this pregnancy, they both definitely wanted the child together, but now he's moving mad saying that he ain't got time for her because he's playing PlayStation 5. Um, PlayStation 5 has broken up many homes and I hope that the PlayStation 5 itself is one day interviewed by Iyanla Van Zandt because we need answers as to why the PS5 is such a home wrecker. Um, but as for Iggy as an individual, you said that you were a runaway slave master. You said in that song that you're a, I'm a runaway slave master. Well, the slaves are running. Master, the slaves are running. What to do, what to do. Meh.
That's all I'll say on that. Anyway, that is that for So You Mad. So let's get to Straw of the Week. And I begin Straw of the Week by the um, starting with the person... Uh, is it straw of the year? Who knows? It's the end of year straws going out, basically. So, well, okay, let me start with a letter. Before I even get to my straws, let me just start with... Uh, Dear Kalechi, I found your podcast a couple of months ago and it has been a blessing for me. The podcast has become a part of my Monday routine and I want to thank you for creating this space. I work in fashion as a fashion designer so I can get away with not writing too much for my work. I have always loved creating and designing textiles and fashion products, but I'm aware that the industry is toxic and I'm working towards getting out. I'm living in a racist country that still celebrates blackface every year. Yes, I live in the Netherlands and the country that celebrates Sinterklaas. Sinterklaas is basically the Dutch version of Santa Claus. However, the elves are white people in blackface in the Netherlands. I'm writing to you about a product that is dear to the black community's heart, but is also produced by a demonic, uh, toxic company. This 170-year-old Dutch company got its start only because the colonial systems that were in place at the time. The company that still has its headquarters in the Netherlands, in a town called Helmond, um, although the history is already problematic in itself, I want to focus on uh, the current fuckery. So let me give 10 straws to the Velisco company. Oh, my mum loves a Velisco material. The company that is market leader in producing African print fabric and owns about 70% of the market share in African textiles. The first straw is because the company only hires white European designers. The head of design, Franz van Root, um, said that European designers must have an interest in the exotics because they need to interpret the African look from a European view. He also said African designers are too dependent on traditions. They are craftsmen, not an artist. <laughs> Tell that to the British Museum. Tell that to all of you lot's European fucking museums about we're not artists, you little pomplex. Go suck your mother, you prick. Go and put a rood in your mother's pom and suck it out you dickhead anyway the uh western interpretations of african culture is what sells and africans prefer european products over their own isn't that sad a simple linkedin search will show you that this is still the company's mindset today the company is completely white they like to say that their dutch headquarters is white because of its location however they make sure that those management positions never go to black employees Two, Velisco's second straw is because they call their business model consumer base, meaning they are not selling it directly themselves. They always make sure African women are the cons- um, what the consumer sees. This is so we don't see all the whiteness of the company. With this consumer based business model comes their marketing. Um, we adopted into our black collective language when we talk about African print or Ankara fabric. We say things like, yes, it's Dutch, but Africans give every fabric print their name. We make it part of our history, culture and tradition. It's part of our family history and family. We have control over the style. Historically, we already made African print before. We just didn't sell it. If they don't sell it, someone else would. It has been in our family for generations. Velisco support black women and give us an opportunity to run a business. Velisco gives so much back to the community. We make it our own and it's part of our identity. The company is aware that if we identify with their African print, we are less likely to ask questions about its history and the company. I've heard this company use these phrases when they give interviews, um, of course, all in Dutch. Um, 
the third villiscose draw is to deliberately com- create confusion about where the product comes from. They know exactly when and where to place certain fabrics and prints. They say the reason why they um, their most famous fabric is so popular in the US is because of the need for African-Americans to connect with their roots while not being educated in African traditions. Their most famous fabric is the Java print, also known as the Angelina fabric or Dashiki. In the Netherlands, the company praises its um, appropriator, Mr. Tune van der Manneke, for calling him a Dutch designer, displaying the Dashiki print um, in, his, in museums with his name next to it. The fourth straw is because the past owner said in an interview that the company is doing well because they make sure their company name is not used in its marketing. They will use Dutch wax, wax hollandaise, super wax, authentic wax, grant super wax, and all terms like this. I bet they would never trademark, I bet they would even trademark Ankara if they could. Please note, all of these terms are part of their trademark and designed to make us think we are talking about a quality and not a brand. These terms are exclusively to be used by Velisco and its subsidiaries. The fifth straw is for suing a black designer for using an African print design with an unofficial Velisco manufacturer. The designer explained to the judge that the print and its symbols were all part of her culture heritage. And, and the this design has been part of her tribe for many centuries and part of her cultural tradition. She explained that actually Velisco appropriated it from her tribe when they started producing the fabric. This didn't stand in the Dutch court because of Dutch property laws. Basically, the one who produced it first automatically owns the copyright. It ended up with the designer having to buy her fabric from Felisco when she wanted to support her community sourcing all material in Africa. Wow. This you came with the receipts. Damn. Six. The sixth straw is because of all the symbols, artworks and print they produce are the intellectual property of Velisco and they are not transparent about it. We can do whatever we want with the fabric, but we do not own any of the prints. It's all protected under the Dutch intellectual property law. Also, those prints that are made by the Velisco subsidiaries uh, companies across Africa are protected under Dutch copyright law. That means the Kente print that is in fashion is now Velisco property because while black people don't copy traditional textiles because of our respect for it, its cultural significance Velisco does not care and this is a problem for those communities that have a long traditional traditional tradition of hand weaving the kente cloth and um and earn their living by making it they completely destroy the local textile industry by bombarding it with mass-produced textiles right now Velisco has the copyright of about three thousand prints fucking hell Seven, the seventh straw is for selling the copyrights to other fashion brands and not being transparent about it. The black community calls out brands for cultural appropriation of African print. For example, with the Dior 2020 collection, the company got in trouble for using the dashiki in their collection. Dior made a behind the scenes short film where they showed how they worked with African designers and factories. It looks like collaboration with African factories. However, this is again a business deal between Velisco and Dior. Dior pays royalties to Velisco for every print they use and had to ask Felisco for permission to film in the African print factories even the dashiki Dior used in that collection while we drag Dior we don't hold Felisco responsible for selling these prints wow the eighth straw 
It's for making it seem like they're helping the industry against cheaply made Chinese Ankara fabric, profiling themselves as the original and authentic African print or Ankara, making sure they hide their white faces behind the black women they hire to investigate the market, looking for fake fake African print. While they make it seem like they're protecting the African producers against the Chinese fake fabric, they're actually protecting their own intellectual property and market share. As we make them the industry standard, we are also destroying the opportunity for African manufacturers manufacturers to produce fabric they make sure if other manufacturers want to produce african print they need to do this by becoming subsidiaries or to buy a license with velisco to use their prints um, or their quality description and trademarks no one else can call their product wax print without velisco's permission the ninth straw is because velisco will now and will never be ever be black owned. The company is now owned by a British investment company. The company is ready to sell Velisco again. From what I've heard, the Dutch town of Helmond does not want the company to be sold to an African company, meaning as soon as a black investment company shows interest in the company, the price will go up. The tenth and final straw is because they are they were sponsoring the Dutch Sinterklaas celebration and supporting black freight face um and being completely fine with it up until last year. Well, I attached the letter the company sent to its white employees so you can read for yourself. It's, uh, oh, oh, okay. I was going to say, because you sent it in Dutch and I was like, oh, I can't read that. But it goes to say, dear colleagues, I here withdraw your attention to the internal memo concerning the castle of Sinterklaas. Given the increasing sensitivity around, around Svarta Pete, Vlisko's longstanding relationship with Africa um, Velisco's management has decided to no longer sponsor the Sinterklaas event. Velisco is fully aware of the competing arguments around the history and meaning of Svartopit and the conflict between cultural traditions and modern, modern day sensibilities. On balance, however, it considers that depicting black people in subservient roles is not appropriate. We regret to inform you, therefore, that from this year on, you will not receive an invitation to visit the castle of Sinterklaas. With kind regards, the CEO of the Pussyclarts interesting so a big fuck you to the velisco company go suck your plantation owner mothers wow energy i love it i want all african print and cara loving fashionistas to know that it's not their fault they don't know any um know all of this it's the same as most people don't know that made in italy means made in italy by chinese companies with chinese garment workers the lack of transparency is a big problem in the industry and there are many secrets i could and will share it is important that we learn from history and how these systems work especially the industry is heavily especially if the industry is heavily investing in making africa the new asia in producing fashion and textiles we need to be cautious about how we trust and take over our industries and only we the consumers have the power to demand change that's why i find it important to share this information even if most black ankara buyers don't want to hear it anyway thank you for reading my letter regards the anonymous very tired fashion designer thank you fashion designer babe for sending this through i think it was a message that we all need to know going into 2021 you men aren't having a lot of weddings anyway, so the Ashoa bees can come down a great deal. And if they're going to raise the price for an African company buying um, Velisco, I want to find a way for us to pull money together and buy it from them anyway, the stupid motherfuckers. Like, how dare you? How fucking dare you? I've always thought that something was really, really odd. When you go Liverpool Street Market, you just sense the colonizer vibes. You're like, something feels very coloni- colonization-y about this. And here we have it. So thank you for bringing all of those receipts and all the 10 straws can go into all of their mothers for all of the generations and they can suck their mothers through the ages, the fucking pricks. Um, 
But yeah, we have to find a way. We have to find a way around that because I am disgusted. I'm absolutely disgusted um, that that continues to happen. And again, like you said, it's the lack of transparency. People put labels on stuff and because we don't want to question it too much, we just go with it so we can have our things and keep it moving. Then um, let's get into... um, First, I want to say rest in peace to Dr. Susan Moore, who a doctor went to the hospital, told the doctors about how she was feeling, everything. And they dismissed her. They disregarded her only for her to die of um, COVID-19. So I mentioned this because um, I just think it's interesting when you talk about, you know, when we talk about, oh, black women are five times more likely to die during childbirth in comparison to white women. You know, this happens to us when we go to the hospitals. We're not believed. People who have sickle cell will go during a crisis. They will go to the hospital and they'll be treated as if they're fucking crack fiends, you know, Um, black crack fiends at that, because if they were white crack fiend, they would not be treated in that manner. FYI, but they're treated as if they're like they're drug fiends or something, uh, drug addicts, and and so therefore they don't need um, a, a particular level of care. So we know that all of these things are there, but you'll get one blackity black person who wants to turn around and go, I don't, I don't care about those labels. I just have to think about me as an individual. And when I go into these situations, I make sure that I'm equipped with knowledge and I can advocate for myself. But here's a doctor dying, boo. Here is a doctor dying, which goes to show that no matter how much you think you're advocating for yourself, it's the luck of the draw when you go into these hospital spaces because they are what? They're fucking demons. They're absolute demons. And you and we need to be aware of that. Um, Let me just get into this. So it says here. A black doctor who died battling COVID-19 described racist medical care um, in widely shared social media posts days before her death, prompting an Indiana hospital system to promise a full external review into their treatment, into her treatment. In the past year, public health experts nationwide have acknowledged the role racism plays in healthcare, with dozens of cities, counties and states declaring racism as a public health threat. While public health experts have called it a first step, many are sceptical. Black people and other members of communities of colour have often died at rates far higher than whites as the uh, coronavirus has roared across the United States and killed more than 300,000 people by far the highest total in the world. The case of Dr. Suzanne Moore was has become a powerful and stark symbol of that inequity, garnering coverage in publications from the New York Times to USA Today and major television networks. Dr. Moore, 52, tested positive for COVID-19 late last month and was admitted to um, intensive care unit um, at North Hospital in Carmel, Indiana. According to a Facebook post, acutely aware of her condition and medical procedures, the physician had uh, said um, had said repeatedly um, that she needed medication, scans and routine checks while admitted at a hospital. She noted a white doctor in particular who seemingly dismissed her pain and said she didn't trust the hospital. I put forth and maintain if I was white, I wouldn't have to go through that. She says in a a 4th of December video, her voice often cracking. This is how black people get killed when you send them home and they don't know how to fight for themselves. She was released from the hospital run by Indiana University Health System on 7th of December, but was again hospitalized 12 hours later when her temperature spiked and her blood pressure dropped. According to her post, she was taken to a different hospital, um, Ascension St. Vincent in Carmel and said 
and she said and said she was experiencing better care still her condition worsened and she was put in a vent she was put in a ventilator she died on the 20th of december her 19 year old son henry muhammad told the news outlets um the coronavirus has especially disproportionately affected black people who suffer from higher rates of obesity, diabetes and asthma, making them more susceptible to the virus. Black Americans are also more vulnerable because of systemic racism, inequity in healthcare access and economic opportunity. And the fact that many work in jobs that put them in the front lines of the pandemic. Many black Americans also report that medical professionals take their ailments less seriously when they seek treatment. Well, um, this is the bit that got me because the son said his mother was his best friend and was a very caring person and didn't get, he didn't get the chance to say goodbye before she died. He said, I'm outraged beyond words because what, if what my mum thinks was true um, and that it was racism and they neglected her because of that, nobody, nobody should go through that. I, like I said, rest in peace, baby girl. I'm sorry that your transition wasn't more peaceful and feels untimely and just sorry. And I pray that your son is protected because honestly, fuck this system. Fuck the, fuck the hospitals across the world. Fuck them all. Because when it comes to black people, when it comes to black women, my God, it's a shit show. On Christmas Eve, I went to the hospital because I'd been having like this recurring like, chest pain over a number of days like the chest pain was then going from my chest into my back and so I know that black um for instance heart attacks show up very differently for women um as opposed to men and these were part of the symptoms and yes I'm fit I'm healthy I'm strong you know I do all of these things but stress is also a motherfucker and I've been under immense stress uh, stress this year in ways unimaginable I'll never divulge on this podcast because there are jankros and there are vultures that will still tune in, um, even though they dislike me. And just generally, I don't share my business like that. But there's just been so much that's happened this year. And I've continued to keep on and keep on and not only just keep on, but keep making this podcast every week, every week showing up and, and trying to give the people them something, you know, so Christmas Eve, I was just like, rah, I'm not feeling great. You know, I'm not feeling great. Took myself to A&E. Imagine I took myself to the accident and emergency, um, uh, whatever ward in a photographic, in a photographic, I took myself there in a panoramic. I took myself there. Imagine wore my mask, everything went there now and um described my symptoms got through triage and stuff and then this um south asian doctor is who's seeing to me and i just fucking hate the way that people try to find out about what's up with you but instead of like ch- chatting with you it feels more like an interrogation or like they're trying to catch you out like ha ha so it's not this so it's not that and um so somebody's just shouting extremely loud outside of my window uh, tier four must be getting to him um so 
you're interrogating me like I'm on trial and I've just come here to tell you like this is what I feel there's a difference between asking me questions and really chatting with me to to find out the nature of what I'm feeling as opposed to ah I just want to prove that this is not the case and then the consultant comes through an older white man who can't even who can barely wear the mask properly on his face the mask is there underneath his nose and he's I can see him like eyeing up my body looking at my body first thing he says is well, um, the patient looks very fit and strong and I can see from, um, you know, the, the uh, blood pressure from the heart rate, from the saturation that they seem very, very well, very strong, very strong. So, so as she's mentioned, because, you know, she's being under being under a lot of stress that, you know, sometimes the muscles just contract and that's all there is to it. And I just thought, look at your bald eagle head top. Look at your dusty head top, you fool. And the thing is, you can't argue with these people. And he was like, oh, just give her an ECG for reassurance. And then but I'm sure it will all be fine. So they do the ECG and everything is fine. And then um, they also do a COVID test, which comes back negative. And then the South Asian doctor comes back in and she was like, oh, well, I'm happy for you to go now. Yeah, you can go right away. Yeah, you can go right away. Nothing's wrong. So you're just telling me I'm having a muscle spasm. You're telling me a fitness professional that what's happening now. Do you know how much I motherfucking lift? Like, let's be serious, girls, guys, and non-binaries. Let's all be fucking serious. Do you know that when it comes to weightlifting, do you know that I'm a baddie, baddie, bad? So I know basically what aches and pains of um, training feels like. I've known what that feels like for pretty much most of my life because I've been doing fitness for most of my life. So you're now telling me, oh, it's just, you know, maybe just a muscle pull, da, 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 da. So I thought, you know what? You can fuck all of you lot. And also for the fact that it has to ha- it happened at the um, hospital that I had my miscarriage at, I just thought, fuck all of you lot. And that's why I wasn't in a celebrating Christmas day on the day because Christmas Eve was pissing me off. And so Christmas day, I, I was still pissed off because I was just like, we haven't gotten to the root of this. I've left here and I've still got the same pain. The pain hasn't just gone because you did your rascal ECG, you pricks. So again, I feel like St. Thomas's Hospital, guys in St. Thomas's, they can suck out their mother again because you lot are useless beyond belief. And I don't know how you continue to do this to black women, but wow, fucking wow. Um, so I share that because reading about Dr. Suzanne Moore's experience in the days before she died just broke my heart because you lot will talk up and down, up and down about, oh, you just need to advocate for yourself almost as if, all it takes is a little bit of literacy and you're fine. No, you could be as literate, you could be as articulate, you could be an, as eloquent as you fucking want to with this very violent system that was built on our backs. They don't care. You're just talking lots of things while they crush your spine. They don't care. So I've just taken it into my own hands and people send me um, things of what they think that it is, even though I didn't fucking ask, but I, I'm happy to read what they wrote anyway. Um... So I think that it's more um, for me, let's try to um, take out um, or rule out any emotional, spiritual bits. And for me, it's like I've taken on so much that my heart probably feels heavy and, and I'm carrying a lot of load emotionally so probably that's why it's searing through into my back but it's always good to check these things in hospitals first and foremost because you can't always think everything's metaphysical metaphysical when actually it's just fucking physical so if you lot can't help that's fine i'll focus on doing heart opening exercises and finding ways to open up my spine because it's just a muscle contraction um 
and to um, heal myself in that way and then see if anything persists. But I know that I'm blessed and um, I'm divinely held, but it's just very frustrating to go through those experiences and to see that, you know, there's a black doctor somewhere who had to go through the same thing, who went through the same thing and she's no longer in this physical realm with us. That, that really, really upsets me. So yeah um the healthcare industry can continue to suck their mothers and i feel like i'll hate you for life because you refuse to change so there's that um and then i guess the last straw is for trump trump you little bitch can't wait for you your days are numbered you're literally your days are numbered i can't wait for you and your stupid wayward toupee your little lace front to be out of this bitch so it says here um a day before unemployment benefits for millions of Americans were set to expire, President Donald Trump had a different insult in mind. His former model wife has yet to appear on the cover of a fashion magazine as first lady. Fake news, he complained on Twitter from Palm Beach. Concerned for Melania's social station on Christmas as Americans hunkered at home and during a holiday diminished by a pandemic, darkened by the prospect of an imminent government shutdown and shaken by an eerie explosion in Nashville that authorities said was intentional. A day later, as those jobless benefits for gig workers and self-employed Americans were lapsing, Trump was issuing a string of angry messages about how about his own perceived injustices. The election he falsely claims was stolen from him and the growing roster of people he's upset won't help him reverse it. That um, Trump has little penchant for um, reflecting the struggles and concerns of most Americans is hardly new, but his electoral loss has only seemed to harden the callousness that separates his own experience from the country's, even as he insists the country deserves more. The fashion cover gripe came as the president was returning from his golf club in Florida to his oceanfront estate where somewhere was um, waiting the massive coronavirus relief package that had been specially flown from Washington for his consideration. An official familiar with the matter said the bill was at uh, Mar-a-Lago um, by Friday morning. Um, Trump offered no indication Saturday he was planning to sign it, meaning the unemployment program that expi expires on Saturday, which provides benefits to as many as 12 million Americans, has little hope for proceeding without interruption. Um... I simply want to get our great people $200,000 rather than the measly $600 that is now in the bill. Also, stop the billions of dollars in pork, Trump wrote. He's a weirdo. He's such a weirdo. He's such a weirdo. Like, you're only now do you want to give people $2,000. They were given, what, $600 or you were promising them $600 after you gave them $1,200 initially um, around March. And only now you want to bring them another $2,000. What do you think that covers exactly? Exactly. People are dying. People are starving. You fucking idiot. You useless piece of shit. Um, but yeah, I just think that it's interesting to me that his focus at the moment is the fact that um, Melania has not been on the front cover of a um, fashion magazine in the time that she's been first lady, like people are literally dying, literally, literally dying. 3,000, 300,000 people in fact have died in America. And he's concerned. I mean, his concern is that his one expression face wife, um, hasn't been on the front cover. What, what is she going to do on the front cover? Donald, what the fuck is Melania going to do on the front cover? Be best, be best. 
be best after she copied word for word um, Michelle Obama's speech. What is she going to do? Who is she going to copy next? Your wife only has but one facial expression. So probably that's why you can't even tell whether she hates you. Like the hatred isn't truly coming through because her face doesn't move. Really surprised about what she looks like when she has an orgasm, when her face is stuck in one position. But anyway, that's by the by. She doesn't need to be on any front covers. No one gives a shit. Nobody wants to see her and her one dimensional face. One dimension is her new name. Nobody wants to see one dimensional Melania. Yeah, she could stay there. There's nothing to celebrate. If Anna Wintour even dared, I would scream. I would fucking scream. She should fuck off. Same as you. She's complicit in this violence that you've inflicted for four years. Both of you can fuck off together. Fuck off. She doesn't need any front covers. She doesn't need anything. We don't care. We don't want any more. So anyway, that's that for this week's episode of SYM. It has been me, Kalechi, in a place to be. You can follow me on at Kalechnikov or at Say Your Mind Pod. Um, hashtag Say Your Mind Pod. I love um, how much you lot are tweeting. I really embrace it. I appreciate you all. You can support the podcast for $8 or whatever that is equivalent to in your country on patreon.com. That's patreon.com forward slash Kalechi Okafor. And I really hope that you're loving your spiritual seasoning for the soul um, oracle card decks and holding them close during this time. And yeah, I guess that's pretty much it. Thank you so much for listening and sending you all lots of love. Um, This has been SYM, officially known as Say Your Mind, unofficially known as What What? That's right, suck your mum. Happy New Year to all of you lot. Love you lots. Catch you on the flip side. Peace. It's the Ben's Brunani woman is Baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this Baby sit down, sit down, receive this realness Make sure your cup's ready for the tea we are go sipping here Hard time scrolling for your long shorts You might learn something you never know Collect you find, and she's one of a kind Don't say you mind, say you mind